Everyone and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast. It's a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie really fast for you based on a random suggestion from the internet. I am your moderator today. My name is Jacob Gulliver. And as always, I am joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We have our writer, Ben Lifson, who is Chris Hemsworth's dance choreographer on Bad Times at the El Royale. We have our director, Ian Nystrom, who's Meryl Streep's wardrobe artist on Mary Poppins Returns. And we have our producer, Kyle Decker, who is the resident Chuffa writer on Aquaman. Welcome, everyone. My man. All right, your prompt for today. The theme of this story is a dark horror. The main characters are a brave mobster and a pious secret agent. The start of the story is argument, and the end of the story is reconciliation. Okay, so some of my favorite horror films are the ones where they start out as one genre. You know, you, you think, okay, you know, you're watching this, and then it turns into horror. You know, like you got your gremlins and your birds, you know, and you think, oh, this is going to be a fun movie. And it's like, oh, no, it's scary now. Oh, no. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to, this is going to start out as sort of a mobster movie. You know, we, we got a big Don here. I think they still use the term Don. I don't think that went away after the 20s. But the CEO mobster, I don't know, I'll, I'll research this, but uh, the guy in charge. Okay, so we got this mobster guy, Vinny, because that's one of the five mobster names. I, I'm, I'm sticking my guns on this so a secret agent agent brown obviously that's not their real name but you know secret agent stuff you use a fake name uh, has been sent to infiltrate you know bring this mobster down you know get some good evidence to finally stop his reign of terror but you know he's starting to get found out so you know they get into arguments you know like the secret agent you know he's undercover but he's trying to stop them from doing some real atrocities but he also can't break his cover so like as a mobster he's trying to argue with the head mobster saying like no we shouldn't do this this isn't profitable but really he's just trying to save a bunch of people meanwhile the whole operation accidentally you know they're trying to steal from a government lab and uh the score as as they say in the mob biz you know contains like a monster uh whatever you know is creepy with kids today is I think people are scared of, you know, squids are always scary. So it's a giant squid monster, but with legs, because you think squids don't have legs, but this one does. So it's going to be creepy. And so, you know, it all devolves into this thing and, you know, the mobster and, you know, we can have some really graphic deaths and the mobster's getting picked off and, you know, it'll feel nice too, because they're mobsters, they're bad people. We've established that they're bad people. So it's sort of a mobster thing. And obviously they can't go get help for anyone you know, from the army or whatever, because that would involve admitting to all their shady deals. So, you know, we have an excuse of why they're in isolation, getting picked off one by one. Finally, the mobster, Don, Vinny, and Agent Brown find out each other secret and have a big gunfight at the end. And the monster doesn't even need to take him out because they took out each other or something. And then the title of this movie is The Sting Op. And the monster will have a stinger, by the way. And so it's a double meaning there. All right, so we're going to pass it over to our director, Ian. Ian, you wake up one night to discover that there is a, a bloody squid head in your bed next to you, and it is clutching a script uh, with a pair of legs drawn on the front. 
It's damp, but you can still make out the ink through the soaked blood that's there. What do you think? How are you going to interpret this into your vision? Hmm. I'm liking what I see here. There's a real kind of archetypal story that's behind all of this. The examination of one's humanity and who is a monster, really. Is it the men with the guns? Is it the men with the syringes, the scientists? Is it the squid with the legs? And also, this might be a jellyfish monster. It sounds like we're going into jellyfish territory, but it's got a stinger. That's maybe more plausible than a scorpion. Also, jellyfish are cool. They're kind of semi-transparent. We like that. Now, I want to bring in some really neo-noir elements to the forefront. We'll set 1920s, very Lovecraftian vibe. The mobsters have made a deal with the government and are using their lab for this nefarious purpose. And the people that are the stars of the film, they're we're going to make them lower on the totem pole so they don't really know what it is that they're doing in the lab. They're not the higher-ups with those lab coats and the, the jackets. And we are going to have some nice punches of color with some bright yellow Gordon Fisherman jackets when they're unloading the boats in the rain. Going to have it be really desaturated color and then some nice punchy highlights. That's going to really, I think, bring this home. Now, the casting isn't my primary concern. Actors after all, are merely flesh puppets. I'll let the producer figure out the casting based on our budget. Just make sure that he finds people that can sign their contracts and take their orders as they come to them. That is all that I care about. And I will concern myself with the lighting, the visuals, the props, everything else that really matters. All right, so Kyle, you've got a serious duo here working on uh, Sting Op. The Sting Op. The Sting Op, yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. The Sting Op, there's like a squid monster and a mobster and stuff, and uh, you'll read it in the script. What do you think? Where's this going, and what kind of budget are you thinking? All right, well, so I'm a little confused. Like, so the good guy and the bad guy don't team up to fight the villain? Like, I thought that's where you're going. Like, I would have written a big check for that, because that's... That's a trope that people just, like, know. It could have just been simple. It could have been, this cop is going to bust the mob. Suddenly a monster comes out, and they got to team up to, to survive. Like, And then giant, colorful, changing, walking jellyfish monster. Like, I would have put a big, big, big paycheck on that, but... See, the thing is, is that when it comes down to it, we are all villains. I, I guess, but there's there's a shootout at the end, and the monster does nothing. We don't have a big final monster fight. I, I think we need to change that. They need to team up to fight the monster, and then maybe they kill each other. But I think they should learn to team up. That being said, I think this has some potential. So I'm gonna get a. I want the two actors be. You, you said you want actors that follow directions, easy to work with. So I got your back. We're gonna get Bruce Willis and Russell Crowe. They're notoriously easy to work with and never argue with directors or anything like that. And I guarantee there's a lot of dicks in this movie though if the two leads are both dudes and you know there's a tentacle monster so but he has legs with legs 
Yeah, I don't. I've I've seen those Japanese films. Sometimes they have legs too. I need the writer to write a woman's part in this film for me. Maybe two women's parts, but figure it out. I don't want them to die. I'm okay with Bruce Willis and Russell Crowe dying. Yeah, so so figure that out. So you need a lot of special effects. Can we get uh, Andy Serkis to mocap the the jellyfish? He's done apes. He's done Gollum. He's done lots of other things. But I think something with tentacles would really like. Maybe you have to team up like Mecha Shiva style with Doug Jones. Yeah, so let's do that. Andy Serkis, Doug Jones teaming up to make the monsters somehow maybe one will do like the legs and the facial expressions the other will do all the tentacles you decide who does what i want to make sure the tentacles emote so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna make sure you have enough money to hire that way to workshop dollars so let, let's get this bad boy a hundred million i want some lady parts though because not not like lady roles because i am not gonna sell a movie with two dudes fighting a monster so uh yeah so there some more characters and yeah make it happen so it's back to our writer, Ben. You've got some notes from the studio. You've got some huge names attached and a big old budget. Yeah. Is the sting up going the way you planned? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we can definitely add some parts. Obviously, setting in the 1920s is, you know, a bit more in the genre than I expected, but I can work with that. First, for one of the lady parts, if we're really going to play up that, you know, this is a traditional noir film, you know, we'll have like the femme fatale, like informant, you know, just sort of the cliche playing that up, but then... You know, when the facade of the genre falls, as it were, can take more of an active role and just be like, okay, fuck this. Like, I don't even care about, like, manipulating, you know, like, there's a jellyfish monster. So, um, yeah, kind of tables have turned there. So if we're doing just from the traditional, that's literally the only noir female character that exists. But we can also have an actual character, too. So that can be, you know, working with one of the scientists on the the jellyfish monster and the one who, you know, warns the mobster early on because, you know, she's suspicious of him. It's like, you know, playing the Jeff Goldblum-esque Jurassic Park character, like, you know, except that she's also creating the monster, but more of a don't let the monster out or otherwise bad things will happen. And the mobster's like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, I can handle jellyfish monsters, you know, my cannolis, you know, like I'm not in charge of what accent or how they deliver those kind of lines that's just how i would do it but uh, again i'm Did just you a writer write a line about cannolis like that though you know what like i i'm gonna let them improvise a bit and you know i'm sure cannolis will come up i think also what's this missing is just one big plot yeah you know they'll team up with it but at the very end you know the agent's gonna be the only surviving one but the twist is that it turns out that you think this is a mindless monster but the monster is actually kind of smart and was only killing these guys because they're terrible people and so at the very end you know you've had this big fight and the secret agent is like almost dead and the monster's in the same room and you know notes the monster just walks past him because it's like you're not a mobster and that can lead to sequel where this a jellyfish monster becomes a vigilante in 1920s, you know, taking out the mob, you know, kind of, you know, it has franchise potential, if you, you know what I mean. So yeah, a scientist and femme fatale who decides, fuck this, I'm going to fight the monster. All right, so we'll take it back over to Ian, our director. Some nice changes from your studio, some more characters that have been added in, and a big twist at the end. What do you think? Does this work with your vision? Well, it's a start. We've constructed a special sort of mecha suit for Andy Serkis and Jug Jones to pilot as they do their mocap. They're really uh, consummate professionals. Once they got over their petty bickering between who was the best behind-the-scenes person, that was mostly Andy Serkis. I mean, they're both behind the scenes. Well, that's the thing, is that they've, they've long looked at each other as rivals. 
and putting them together, there was bound to be some friction. But needless to say, I broke them, and now they are working together in harmony. Let's uh, solidify some plot points here. First of all, there's going to be a kind of dual narrative here of what flashbacks between past and present as we have the events leading up to Horrible Monster Crisis and the Horrible Monster Crisis as it unfolds. Vinny, he is the mob's fall guy. He's here. He's going to be Bruce Wells. Bruce Wells putting him out of roll. We're going to CGI him so he looks much younger, though, because he's more <laughs> he's much more sympathetic that way. You know what? Who played young Bruce Willis in uh, in Looper? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We're cutting Bruce Willis. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's our man, he, since he already can play young Bruce Willis, clearly. And then we're going to nix Bruce Willis altogether. So tell him to take a hike. The scientists, we're going to take the scientists out of um, actually any prominent role in the thing. They're all going to be dead when they when they the monster crisis unfolds, so I'm afraid there's going to be no actual science in this. We think it's just better that way. The conflict resolution is going to be everyone dying. We need to make sure that the world knows that this is a story in which there are no heroes, there is no salvation, there is only tentacle monsters. This is the message for the 21st century that we want to tell with our movie. We can have the love interest get away just so that there is a survivor to uh, to relay this message to the world. But there is going to be no salvation. In fact, we might even have one of the love interests. They are in the flashbacks, but then in the present day, the twist endings, we find out that they got turned into the monster. So the te- they're the jellyfish tentacle monster and that pair of legs. It was those gams that they loved all along. All right, so we'll pass it over to Kyle, our producer. Last chance before the movie goes out the door. You've got some grim tidings from your director. What do you think? I mean, JGL's fine. I'm going to cast uh, Lupita Nyong'o as the uh, femme fatale scientist. She's got lots of star power. She's hot coming off some other movies. Actually, scratch that. Let's do Letitia Wright, who played Shuri, because she'll definitely sell playing a super scientist in the movie. Only in the flashbacks, though, because she's dead in the current timeline. I'm nixing all the other timeline stuff. She's just helping that we're playing this straight. This is a straightforward action adventure. All that metaphorical nonsense, I'm sorry. We can put that on the Blu-ray as special features. Is Yeah, this is when the director went crazy and the studio reined him in and made him make a straightforward action film with these great stars. Russell Crowe's still our, our agent. We'll make sure to keep him away from the craft food stable so he doesn't get too fat. He's gotten kind of blimpy lately. But that can kind of be his character flaw. He doesn't need to be in his perfect shape. He just can't be the Michelin man. So we'll do that. That's a good cast. That's some star power in that cast. JGL's a little young, but I think he'll make it work. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the mobster dying and even the cop, but I want the scientists to survive because we're going to turn this into a franchise. We'll come up with a good name eventually for the monster. I don't know what it'll be. The the fracken, maybe? They will survive, but only as a hideous mutant. No, no. What we're going to have, the, the monster will survive, but we'll show that it was pregnant, and we'll do this shot in the post-credits of all the little walking jellyfish babies slithering to the sewer at the end. So the 98 uh, Godzilla right. credits ending. Shh. We're going to make it good this time because they won't be on roller skates and it does not have fucking, was it Broderick in it? Were the Godzilla babies on roller skates? Did I miss that? I don't know if they were on roller skates, but it was basically Jurassic Park. Oh, I might be thinking the Adult Swim, making fun of them. I honestly, the Adult Swim version was way better. But yeah, we'll do that at the end, but but this one will be good. 
because yeah, we'll we'll get a nice score. We'll have uh, James Horner do the score, so I'll have some real, you know, this will have some epic behind it. As we've got the two best mocap guys in the planet, creature effects. We got way to workshop. We got star power. We got a straightforward story that doesn't go into weird places and freaks people out. Director that'll be in the director's cut for people who want the weird stuff. It's literally two dudes teaming up to find a greater evil. They sacrifice themselves. The scientist survives, and ominous happens. And that's what we're gonna do with a cool score, good editing. I'll make sure. Yeah, they survive. Get, as hideous I'll make sure you have enough money. To have I'll, I'll increase the budget 120 so Roger Deakins can be your DP. It'll look gorgeous. All right, so I'm going to plug the Sting op into the movie machine and pull the lever, which sounds like squid-like squishing. So this movie comes back. You, you do fairly well. Uh, U.S. doesn't perform super great. Overseas, it does well. Uh, China really likes it because they, they view it as like a big-budget return to like noir style, and they're, they're really digging it. But the American audience is kind of confused about like tone and style with like really serious, but then there's also this like squid monster with legs. Doesn't enjoy it as much. Wait, so the squid monster with legs didn't scare people? Not particularly. But that's like a cardinal nightmare. Inherent. Darn it. Man, people have become jaded and cynical to horror. It's true. I mean, there's lots and lots of horror out there that's, you know, uh, more thematically scary. Uh, but At least they were horrified by the revelations about the dark side of the human soul, right? I mean, there's like one guy who wrote an article to that effect, but... Good. You know. The real Thank interesting you. thing that comes out of this is that Bruce Willis has like uh, a total personality change after this because he's fired partway into this production and he's he has this realization like, I accepted this really weird movie that's well outside my comfort zone and then I got fired from it and like, where is my career at at this time? I just did another M. Night Shyamalan movie. And he becomes like this this Buddhist monk. Like he goes to Tibet and is like traveling around everywhere. And a bunch of other celebrities that you know have had kind of odd careers uh, start following him. And like, so he becomes this like weird sort of guru, well outside of his normal personality. But that said, this is the movie machine. You do have time to to go back and make last minute changes, or you can call it art and walk away. Whatever you'd like to do. So beginning with our writer Ben. I think this needs another plot twist. So a twist that everyone loves is the, it was all planned from the very beginning. So it's going to be a bit at the end where the scientists like, you know, implies we knew we couldn't take the mob down. So we manipulated them to release this monster on them. And it's like all according to plan and ominous and, you know, make the scientists look cool. That'll like take one day to just shoot that, put that at the end. And it's like plot twist. There was a, it was a double whammy the whole time. And other than that, all right. You know, I was just thinking, like, if people don't find jellyfish with legs scary, what else can we add to make it scarier? And then I thought, you know what people really find scary? Adulthood. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so this, when he stings you, you become really old and die. So it's kind of like, ra- rather than just poison that kills you, it's like Last Crusade, Indiana Jones thing, where you get all old and die, and it's like mortality, you know? That's scary. Throw that in there, you know? And maybe can we digitally add some, like, gray hairs to the jellyfish monster? You know, have its, like, hairline receding, except it's, like, tentacles receding on the head. It doesn't have hair. Some of its tentacles will be white. It's not then. a mammal. Right, but some of its tentacles will be white to visually give the impression of getting older. The jellyfish have thousands of tiny stinger filaments lining right. the tentacles. They can be silver. So, you know, just really subtle. I think that'll make it scarier. 
All right. So, Director Ian, what do you think about these changes? And are you happy with what the movie machine predicted? Well, the movie machine, like many things, is just another critic in some ways. And critics, they are those that could not dream for themselves and must thus write upon the works of others. I think really my predominant change upon seeing the final cut is I'm going to switch Andy Serkis is going to be the legs and Joe Jones will be the arms. Reviewing the work, it seems like this was the obvious choice from the beginning. His handwork is far superior to Mr. Serkis. And I think that's that's the important thing. I liked the writer's addition of the, the vitality drain from the monster, to, making it manifest that grim reality that we are all hurtling towards death. That was what we were going for, and perhaps I gave the audience too much credit thinking that they would see that without making it physical on the screen. So we're definitely going to be adding that in. The scientists, again, are not going to be the heroes. This is a jaded universe in which everybody is culpable for the atrocities in which are happening. So scientists that make the monster, the agent releases the monster, and the mob guy, the one that we thought was the villain at the beginning, he's just the fall guy in all of this, but the blood's on his hands too, because he's only human. You see what I'm going for here? I do see what you're going for. Uh, And I'll pass it over to our producer, Kyle, last round. What do you think? Yeah, so we're going to lean into this making money in China thing. And don't care. So we got a Monster Guy action stars. JGL's gone. Sorry, he doesn't sell in China. But you know who does? Daniel Wu. from. uh, He's into the Badlands. He does a bunch of Hong Kong films he'll sell. And the scientist, as much as I like Letitia Wright, we're going to do Zhang Ziyi. She'll sell. And then we'll actually do... I'm going to bring on a second unit Chinese director. We're going to do all the lines from our Chinese leads in Chinese and then we'll still we'll keep Russell Crowe will be a disgusting American gangster so he'll always speak English and we'll subtitle him in China we'll get that oh he's an ignorant American that speaks like that'll play there like we play up like he's a pig American like and everything it'll be fine and we'll release the all English cut in the US and the mostly Chinese cut in China and we'll lean into that and hey if we only make 80 to 100 million in the US that's whatever that's if we break even our budget in the US we broke even and then all profit will come in china this will be you know transformers 5 in china or 4 whatever transformers movie did super duper good in china we'll lean into that and that's that's all i got all right so uh, i'll put the sting op back into the movie machine and yeah i think overall your your changes make a big deal for some reason the switching doug jones and andy circus was <laughs> was a master stroke the monster is way more scary i mean andy circus has great legwork it's true you're selling in china seems to have worked pretty well the american audience is almost nobody sees it but uh, the chinese audience just eats it up so you make back all your money there uh, so there you have it folks it's been another episode of the movie machine as always we will end our episode with a quote of wisdom from our patron saint jaden smith i gave myself whiplash yesterday in the studio goodbye everyone is that because he whipped his hair you beat me to it that was his sister wait you changed the boy yes holy shit